0: This week's episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use promo code WrestlingFuture for 20% off your purchase. Manscaped.com and The Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will be.
1: Welcome to a very special episode of Wrestling with the Future tonight. Dan, the man. We are going to explore the future of pro yes, wrestling. Sir. How appropriate that we are wrestling with the future of pro wrestling. We have uh, a special guest with us tonight, and uh, I will, of course, give you the standard introduction. But let me just bring our friend in. This is uh, a gentleman well known, regarded as the single most uh, talked about Hulk Hogan look-alike impersonator. Uh Ray do you consider yourself an impersonator or impressionist?
2: Ah, uh, neither it? man. I am Randy <laughs> Hogan. I am three years older than that guy that calls himself Hulk. Okay, which means I'm the older, I was here first. So the other guy should be referred to as a Randy Hogan impersonator. There you go. I Absolutely. just want to get that straight. Brandy. I love it. And hello, we all my friends, fans, a and foes
1: the innovator Randy Hogan Randy you are looking fine tonight by the way that's a really cool shirt you're wearing show well, everybody Shirt, a shirt yeah, and that is it.
2: a really cool shirt
1: you're wearing yeah look at that only special, shirt.
2: only special random maniac now there's not a oh, lot of those going yeah. around
1: oh man I'll tell you what it's a, it's a very cool shirt and it goes with everything can't beat the yellow and red <laughs> Dan the man Yes, my sir. dear friend welcome uh, welcome back to another episode this is our second this week we let's just fill everybody in we had an amazing amazing show brandy i don't know if you saw it but tuesday night we did a a really interesting show with a magician yes. uh world famous illusionist bobby borgia uh and bobby joined us uh from his club his uh what, Dan, he called it the uh, Comedy and Magic Club.
0: Yeah, the, the
1: Keller Comedy and Magic Club. Keller and Comedy and Magic. Conjuring and Cocktails. Conjuring and Cocktails. Sweeter Sweet. and Deception. I love it. <laughs> we got a lot of response, Dan, from that show, by the way. I bet. Uh, yeah, a lot. Uh, and I think, um, oh, by the way, Bobby's coming back. We're going to do a part two with Bobby. And I think we're going to actually expand on that. Uh, that subject, I'd like you like to say, we're going to expound on it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to actually do a roundtable on magic. Nice. And so, yeah, so we're going to do a refs roundtable on magic. So, and I thought it would be interesting to get maybe uh, two or three other magicians locally here in, in the South Jersey area, in Philadelphia area. Um, because we got some pretty remarkable comedy clubs around here, and I'm going to have them come on and talk about their art and craft, you know. So, and I, uh, you know, love, of course, love to have you on the show if you if you want to do it with me.
0: Yeah, I know, I know a thing or two about that stuff.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, listen, uh, Randy, welcome back. This is your uh, return engagement with us. It's um, my
2: pleasure to be back home, brother.
1: I'm telling you what we love you here. Um, and as I started off the show, I'm telling everyone we were supposed to have Dave Lagreca from Busted Open Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave is uh, is tending to his wife tonight, who is under the weather. So we wish her well, speed the recovery. And uh, our uh, our friend Doc Diamond, who was also going to join us tonight in this discussion, is also under the weather as they had the take his little hiney to the hospital tonight to get him up and feeling better again so we wish doc a speedy recovery as well so we're just going to go live tonight call it in the ring and what happens happens so let's just uh, kind of talk about the subject at hand i wanted to throw this out to you guys and whoever wants to jump in there first but randy you gotta be fast because dan is really really quick
2: i know he's um, smart
1: too <laughs> I'm old and in yeah. recovery. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I and mean, we should tell people Randy is. Uh, you got a bum heel right now, but you're you're doing well. I
2: had September second a full ankle replacement. Yeah, and uh, those that don't know what that is, basically, it's uh, it's like a knee replacement where they they cut out the bad part and they stick in a like a titanium part and they hammer it into your bones and uh you take five or six months until it grows in and then you have uh you pretty much normal activity as opposed to the old school way they only used to fuse it and then your ankle is stiff and you got a gimp and a limp and and i won't be able to do any more top rope jumps or nothing you know
1: yeah i know Uh, what a shame (laughs) i know
2: (laughs) so that's it but anyways uh everything is going well and everything else and i plan on uh Probably the first of the year it'll be. I'll be uh, walking semi normal and uh, ready for Good. those conventions and things when they pick
1: up. Yeah, I know you got some stuff. Well, th- thankfully, starting to open up a bit. So I saw you have some stuff coming up. Good for mm-hmm. you. Still uh, here in New Jersey, nothing's uh, quite open yet. So we're still, you know, betwixt and between, um, you know, wrestling anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, tonight we're going to talk about the future of pro wrestling. It looks to me, and I'll just toss this out there, it looks to me like the once promising future of pro wrestling is being thwarted and dashed uh, on an almost daily basis, um, largely from the business itself. It appears to me that there's this uh, death by apathy. People don't seem to care. Dan, you want to pick up on that and tell me your thoughts?
0: Yeah, you, you nailed it. The the fact is the the casual fan is gone and the only people that are currently watching the product on a regular basis are the diehard core group. I mean, yeah. you could have uh you know somebody come out and wrestle a broom for two hours and those people would still watch that show whereas the the casual goer the the older and i mean this as a respectful way since this kind of comes from your click is is the older crowd the the the, the territory you know every every week going to the cow palace every week going to the center in memphis that those that those people that are, were right now probably in their mid mid to late 60s they don't care they're they're gone too there's no, the at some point Early 2000s, wrestling decided that it was no longer mainstream, and it was going to target the specific audience it wanted, and that's the only audience that's left.
1: Randy, uh, you Mm -hmm. and I are Mm -hmm. in that uh, in that category that uh, Dan just talked about, and when he even over it, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So uh, we would uh, we would certainly qualify as that casual. That casual audience. Uh, I know I'm gone. Um, there's nothing really keeping me in front of my television to 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 watch, you know, uh, wrestling. What is there? I don't know if you watch it because you have to or because you want to or there's something there you enjoy. But I'll be honest with you. On my end, I can honestly tell you uh, I'm having a real tough time, like even keeping up with it because I I can't sit long enough to, to watch it. I, I really can't. I'm the same way.
2: Um, you know, we've talked about this before. I think it all started back when when the internet just blew up and all of a sudden there's no more kayfabe Everybody knows what's happening. Everybody's got spoilers of who's gonna beat who and the title and everything else to dropped. Yeah. Um you didn't have any Bruno San Martinos or even Rick Flair's anymore that held the title and and, and would go on week after week, whether it be different territories around the country, around the world. Now, you've got so many different factions and because the business has changed so much. Boy. I think um, back as far as the, if you were an old fan, I think you will always be some type of a fan. Old, I'm talking about our generation is dancing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a fan long before I was a wrestler, as a lot of us were.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, That's so a really back good in the days point,
2: when Randy, had, too. Yeah, back in the days when he had the Crusher and the Original Sheik and Dick the Bruiser and Bobo Brazil and guys mm-hmm. like that, you know, and there were stories to follow in, in, in the region. Well, now that it's so condensed and it's all over, the internet, the different television channels and everything else, you know, WWE and its conglomerates still have a hold on the business. Yeah. Um, if that, I, I was watching it um last night and I try so hard to get either an interest or emotionally involved in AEW or NXT. Mm-hmm. In my mind, NXT is still and always will be a farm club, a farm team for WWE, mm-hmm. which is true. Exactly. You know, they go, yeah. they win the exactly. title, they drop the title. The next night they show up on SmackDown or something. Um,
1: I look at real, the. That's a real good point, Randy. Real good point.
2: And I look at I the. Don't, I don't. At the women. I don't
1: want like that that point to be lost, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna interrupt you, but uh, I just just Dan yeah. remind. You know what, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> just remind me because I want to pick up on Randy's point. Go ahead, Randy. That's am sorry I could
2: No, that's it. We were looking at uh, my wife and I both watching it. Last night, and we flip between AEW and XT, both on the same time. Mm-hmm. So we flip channels, you know, doing commercials, whatever else. <coughs> Just waiting to be involved. Waiting to be invested yeah. in something. Just give me something or someone. I like The Fiend for some yeah. reason because he's got that character. There that are no g- characters anymore. You know, I like the characters. Oh. But I look I'm, at the women in, in both of them. And, you know, you got yeah. some of the crazy here and that. But they all, they're all cookie cutter. They um, all wrestle. the
1: Yeah, things. you know what? They and Dan and I were thing. talking about that. It's, it's funny because we just, we just mentioned that on a previous show. Um, characters. We were talking about characters. There are no characters anymore. No. Nope. Right. Yeah, and one of the things that you, you picked up on uh, is this. And Dan knows it's one of my favorite things. Emotional investment. I talk a lot about emotional investment and the psychology mm-hmm. of wrestling. There is a a a, a, a need a a, a life saving need for both of these things. It's the 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 essence. It's the blood of wrestling. It the emotional investment, having someone go, "Oh, what's going to happen now? You know, yeah. like that kind of thing. You know, um, in fact, you know, to equate it to a show that Dan and I just did on Magic, you know, there's, a, there's a, a very direct correlation between Magic and pro wrestling. It's an illusion. Always has been, yes. Yeah, and Dan and I talked about this with Bobby Borgia the other night. People used to go, ooh, and ah, and now they're, it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. You know? You went from ooh and ah to eh. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And one of the things I wanted to do tonight, I wanted to have Randy and myself and Doc Diamond because we are, you know, let's just be honest, Randy, we're the proverbial old farts here. You know, uh, absolutely. And I wanted to have, you know, because Dan is, you know, is a young Whoopersnapper here, and he young is,
2: punk. After
1: right. all, he is the smartest guy in the room, so we let him believe. <laughs> and uh, and I wanted to have that juxtaposition of ideas and thoughts. You know, because maybe we can learn something from the younger generation, but it appears oh. to me, Dan. <laughs> That we're really not, you know, we're not learning anything from, um, how do I want to say, the, the young bucks. What are, what are they teaching us? What are right. the young bucks you, teaching us? You know, us?
0: Randy hit I on really it. Know. Randy hit on it perfectly when he said it's all the same match. If you look at
1: the product
0: on NXT right now, that's all Performance Center graduates. Everyone there went through the same training, same instructors, same uh, promo class, entrance class. You, You literally have 30 40 people now granted some of them came from elsewhere and, and they can break that mold but most yeah. probably 80% of your roster is literally interchangeable skill set mic set talent yes. there's no there's no, literally Dan, no originality because it's taught out of it what's that
1: Dan, are they making a the mistake teaching them all the same drill well teaching yes, them all are they you know and I want both of you guys to jump in on that uh, yeah, it, they, you, know, you pointed out the performance center. Okay. There's a, uh, a set regimen. It's a curriculum. Let's just be, be honest about it. It, it you is. You know, it's said it. It's, Absolutely. A, it's a school. It's like any school, it has a curriculum, it has a, a guideline by which they follow, uh, and it has a, a regimented series of routines that get you from beginning class to graduation. But they're doing this with every class that enters. Well, and, and the thing and, is, is they're doing it with people that aren't.
0: I mean, if you're green, fresh off the street, you know, uh, WCW had the power plant, you know, yeah. literally people off the road. That's fine. But you're bringing in talent from Japan and Mexico and indie guys who yeah. ring of honor built the up there. Their,
1: and, and I'm glad you put and, and I want you and Randy to, to pick on because This is something that people forget about. This is something forget about. The talent at the performance center are all working indie wrestlers. That's where they got them from. Right. Largely, they came from the indies. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they're taking guys that have already spent 10, 12 years in the business, worked, earned a living, and now they're trying to reteach them something. Randy, is there a problem inherently with that thought? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it takes away
2: the individuality that probably attracted the Fed to these indie guys in the first place. Thank they're you. They're selling tickets because they got a goofy gimmick or they're doing this or that, and then all of a sudden they get in school, as we call it, and that gimmick's taken away. You previously hit on the, uh, the, the, the psychology as well as the investment. Well, Mm -hmm. I think the psychology starts with the WWE, you know, and that psychology is not able to get your typical fan invested anymore. So I think it's their psychology is the problem. It's their thinking. It's not take a talent who has a skill and is somewhat successful on the indie circuit and bring that skill and improve upon it. You know, twist it a little bit their way, but Mm -hmm. let the guy be what made him popular in the first place. You get a guy that's popular with with a gimmick or something else, and you totally change him. And, you know, he goes through the NXT thing for however the reason. He all of a sudden now is on SmackDown or something, and he's like a Curse Axel or somebody. He just gets buried. He's got right talent, up. he's got pedigree, but he's buried because they got nothing for him because they yeah. don't have the psychology to put that into a guy who's got something to get the fans invested. Well, the all oh, it pisses me off thinking about it. The the key there too, when you when you lose that
0: you lose that luster between NXT and Raw and SmackDown is because Raw and SmackDown are still at the at the beck and call of Vince McMahon and he has nothing to do with NXT.
1: So they and bring up Jay, this. that's a great point. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank they, you.
0: They bring up this talent and they are, they're immediately repackaged. They're told to wrestle a different style. They're told you can't say that in a promo. Don't use that move. And, and everything that, that, that was left of their luster from NXT is gone. I mean, it's you good. have, you know, exactly. you, you look at, at, at just the, the, the list you mentioned Axel, uh, the Ascension, uh, half the female talent that comes up. Yeah. Some of the, they, they're literally buried and and I mean that literally. Sometimes they're they're on TV a week or two, Raw and SmackDown, and they start losing, or all yeah. of a sudden the you know, hey, you went from a a dominant heel to now your gimmick is a, an opera singer. Like, okay, why?
2: Yeah, and they change you know the gimmick what? so often too. Guys like Heath Slater, how many things did he go through? Oh my and he God, still ended up getting and he's talented. <laughs> right? he you know what, good. Dan and I talked. Exactly <laughs> Uh, uh, Ziggler is another one. He does yeah, all cool. He goes any gimmick he wants. He's super talented, but he's buried.
1: What, and you know what? And I'm going to say something, Randy, and I might get some heat for this. But Dolph did that to himself. And I'm going to tell you how, and I'm going to tell you why. Two things happened. Number one, he took the money. That's number one. They offered him a boatload of money, and he said, mm-hmm. yep, thank you. That's number one. That killed him there. Number two, he continued to say yes when he should have said no. Oh, you are so, so right. One guy, the, and I'm going to throw this name out, because there's a very good chance, a, a better than good chance, that he may be a guest on the show in the upcoming weeks. Enzo Amore, all right? When Enzo and Cass came along, I thought to myself, maybe there's hope because those guys were different. They looked different. They sounded different. And Enzo was a guy at a straight shoot. Enzo was a guy that was going to say what he wanted, do what he wanted, and gave the, they gave the Fed, Dan, the big FU you one finger. Yep. You know? And he made a ton of money for them doing it. And they Legacy, finally like, realized what he was doing instead of going with it. They shit-canned him. Yeah. Like a CM Punk type of thing. on that. Talk to me.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're right, because he, that they're a good example. And it's also kind of... Enzo is a great example of the bullshit that comes from the company. You know, when yeah. he was terminated, the official reason was the the accusations against him, the sexual assault accusations. Yeah, that, that he absolutely. didn't tell the company they were coming. Now he yeah. he did he didn't because they had evidence that it was complete crap. The girl had sent yeah, him a text bullshit. saying, "I'm gonna lie about this to get money." You know, yeah,
1: um, and so he didn't. It was bullshit.
0: Right, exactly. He was able to prove it was bullshit instantly. And there's people on the roster now that have been. Th- th- that they've looked the other way for way worse than a bad oh accusation. God, sure. And, you know, so they were looking for an excuse to dump him. And yeah. they were, I think they kind of moved from one thing to another. And you heard some, some stories backstage, but he was such a unique talent and you saw the reaction, you heard the reaction he got and they had the audacity to tell him he wasn't over. It was his mm-hmm. chant and his, his catchphrases. Like anybody could have come out to the ring and said that, and, and it would have been just as popular, which is bullshit. You know, yes, it
1: absolutely, is. it's bullshit. Randy, Look, exactly. the voice of experience, Randy, talk to me. What did they do? Right. What did they do wrong? Are we speaking about Enzo? We're we just talking. In yeah. General? I, yeah. Enzo and Cass, what did they do? Right. What did they do wrong?
2: Well, what they did right is not put them against each other. It seems like every tag team, it's very predictable. Five or six months down the road, somebody turns on somebody like Tucker and Otis. They yeah. split up, they have a fight, and then they both disappear. That's what happens. I yeah. thought Cass, Cass yeah. had a good, I thought he had a good singles future. He was big. He was yes. muscles up. He was good looking. Um, he could heal or face either one. Enzo yeah. had that kind of cocky, goofy gimmick. Which mm. was good. That could have carried yes. him along if they would have worked with it. Just like, you know, this fiend thing is going to die out. Where's it going to be a year from oh, now? Oh, yeah. He's not going to be an undertaker. But for now, it's great. Yeah. So they should be planning on what's the next step for him. They should have done that with Enzo also. Okay. I'll You're tell right, you what the, the
1: next step is. Nothing. That's they've the problem. They've nothing in the wings. That's the problem. And they're all but, look at how many I good think- guys they've lost. A hundred percent, Randy. I agree with you. The thing yep. that they did right is they kept them together and not against each other. That was the. That's what they did right. But Cash had a look. He was a uh, the guy for a seven foot dude. Could move. He was agile. He, a good looking guy. Jack Let me tell you, all muscled up and stuff. He was a good looking yes. dude, right? It, and another one. And they, this- now they not only killed his career; he has no career because he hasn't wrestled since he left. Right. I think he may he may have done, and Dan, you probably know better than I. He may have done a handful of indie shows. He did. after he left. Yeah, but- the,
0: he well, because he when he left, uh, some pictures circulated of him kind of out of shape. You know, he had gotten a belly, and you know, yeah, he, he kind of right. worked his way back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. Same thing with Enzo. He he was popping up on the indie scene and in some side projects, but yeah. n- neither of them really are, are big in I in any company right now.
1: Well, you the know another one that this- Enzo did, which was smart. Was he saved his money, which and he opened up a gym. He owns a uh, uh, a gym here in New Jersey. Um, I forget the name of it. oh Edison Fitness Club. Uh, In Edison, New Jersey. Uh, And he is there every day. Mm -hmm. He's there every day. And so he parlayed at least his financial success into, you know, a wrestling and boxing gym. But he also has a clothing line, a line of shoes. He's got a record deal. He makes his own music videos. He's got a production company. So he did something right. What he did wrong was, and maybe and I'm, I don't know in, in essence whether it was really wrong, but he didn't play ball with the Fed. Yeah. You know, and if you're going to say, what did he do wrong? That's probably what he did wrong. You know, he, you could take that attitude a little too far sometimes, you know? Right, um, mm-hmm. You know, you could, you know, it's like, you know, as Dan will tell you, you know, being Italian, sometimes we get <laughs> a little ahead of ourselves, you know? Uh-huh. Right, Daniel? Bada bing. <laughs> you know, we we're talking about. you me from this kid.
2: <laughs> no, you know, it, it just brings to mind, we're talking about Cass and, and, and how he yeah. probably could have been worked with. Well, another yeah. old name that, that came and went was Matt Morgan. Yeah, well, Matt Morgan, you know, is in the next city for me right here, and he's the mayor of the city. He went yeah. that way. He's, uh, but again, he was big. He was muscled up. Yeah, he could work his butt off, and all of a sudden, something happened. And how many more have there been like that? Guys that uh, either got out of the business all the way, they got out of the business completely because of the way they were treated. Mm-hmm. They got soured on the business. Is that what the Fed does the guys? I don't know. I yeah, guess that's kind of a question. They wanted him. Too,
1: him you know? uh, the, the story with Nat, Randy, if you don't know it, because I, I do know it. it. Uh, the story with, with Nat was they wanted to make him this big, This uh, we, the Italians call it a mameluke. They wanted to make him a big mameluke which means like a big dummy, right? Mm-hmm. And they wanted him to be this just lumbering, dopey guy that got beat all the time kind of like it remind you of uh lurch from the adams family just a mm-hmm. big like right. you know dopey kind of guy
0: that's similar um, uh, to what they did with luke when they brought in luke gallows who was exactly huge in japan did. and they they give him the festus gimmick he's literally a mentally challenged southerner like, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. the the biscuits and gravy, derpy, you know, duh and it has to have his brother talk for him because exactly, he's, that's he's that, that's right. my point. He, here's literally one of the best big men of the last 20 years, and yeah, you made him a, a, a retarded mute. Like that's yeah. that's unacceptable.
1: That's yes. my point. And Randy wants to know what happened. That's what happened. But they well, wanted him to be a big dope.
2: You mentioned uh, um, you know, having to change from NXT to when they moved up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that uh, Triple H or whoever now is, is in charge of NXT. God mm-hmm. forbid. But doesn't Vince still pull the strings? Yeah, doesn't Vince does. still lay out the outline to what Triple H lays down to the you, agents and the trainers? Doesn't it still all you, come from Vince? You, you know, it's actually yeah. funny.
0: One of the stories that broke this week when they started hyping up the upcoming Survivor Series is NXT's not a part of it. Because you know, and they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And the story is that Vince made that call as a punishment for NXT losing the ratings wars to AEW.
1: That's a shoot, Whoa. brother. That's that's a shoot. Wow. That, yeah, that's yeah. a shoot, Randy, for for sure. Yep. Interesting. That's that's a shoot, straight up. But I see both. In, in, never, in, in, Dan's in, not. He's not BSing you on that. That's that's real. I believe you. I believe you. You never lie to me.
2: <laughs> I find out where you live uh oh right I st- i'm still trying to figure out
0: how to get me one of them awesome shirts
2: well man it's randy it's easy to do 10 the 25 i'll to also do. send you a shirt there you go <laughs> i'll take care of you <laughs> but uh it's, it's just like i said uh, back to the aw and and nxt it's hard and and i look at these kids that are starting out and and i totally appreciate the acrobatics they do Okay. First of all, I don't think either one of their training schools, you know, uh, I guess uh, Dustin Rhodes and Cody are involved in one on that side, you know, as well as over here. But I see a, a, a big lack in selling. When somebody gets hit. They're bad, or somebody's staggering around the ring, can barely stand up. Next thing you know, they're power slamming the guy and hitting the ropes. I don't understand the lack of selling. One of the basics, whether it's new school or old school.
1: Let me stop here for a second, Randy. Dan, you're laughing because you know where I'm going with this. Of course. What did Karen McDaniel tell us about selling? If they if you didn't sell. They would make you <laughs> they sell. They would
0: make you sell. Yep. If,
1: if that you is so, so true, would sell for Wahoo McDaniel? That's so true. Do you know yeah. how many
2: jobbers, enhancement, Randy type guys through the years I saw really get their ass beat, even in a TV match, because they wouldn't sell. I remember Eddie Gilbert just kicking the crap out of a guy because he missed a couple of spots and sell. Yeah. I saw um, uh, Steve Doctor Death, Steve Williams, sure. okay, wrestling a guy. And literally picked him up by the throat in the locker room because he forgot a he legit forgot a spot, but it yeah. screwed up something or other. And Doc was furious. I've seen oh, that. Sure. So, man, what she said was absolutely
1: true. Yep. Yeah, Karen said there us more than once <laughs> that uh, they said if if you didn't sell for the boys, they had ways of making you sell, and that meant especially, they beat well, the shit water. out of you.
2: Yahoo was as tough and as oh, rough boy. and ornery as they came. Yeah. But he loved the business, he believed in it, you know, but again, that was a whole that was a yeah. whole different well, era. I'll
1: tell you what, Randy, along those lines, and, and Dan and I just did interviews with the Eddie Mansfield, because you know mm-hmm. you were here, you know, with the, with Eddie and the Scott Casey, you know, and here's here's two guys that drew shit tons of money. Uh, on the southern circuit from southwest to all over the the south and, and filled the arenas to twenty, twenty-five thousand 25,000 people, they made it look believable because they knew each other. It makes a difference when you work with a guy all the time. These kids today, sure. my, my contention <clears throat> is they don't know how to sell because they don't know each other. Yeah. They don't know each other, Randy.
2: You, you I don't know. Thought... You know I
1: think, now I think back to Bobby Eaton.
2: Now, in, in, in my estimation, Bobby Eaton was the best seller I've ever seen in the business. For Absolutely. instance, if somebody punches him in the face, he grabs his face. Ouch. If somebody hits you in the face, you're not just going to go back into a rope. You're going to say, ah, yeah. that hurts. You know, he hit throw another
1: face. name at you. Let me throw another name at you, Randy. And then you and, you and Dan, I'm going to throw it over to Dan. Uh, let me throw another uh, a baby face seller if there ever was one ready for this one ricky morton go for it oh
0: yeah no you 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 know me i've i've you know he was my favorite so of course i i respect his work especially and as much as i loved him you, you put him in the ring and it was you know the it was obvious who the who the working talent was on that team but um the, uh, yeah, the, the thing- and
1: not only that, Dan, but you know that Ricky, he would have women crying, like, you know, hysterically crying tears if he was getting beat up.
0: Right. No, it's it's funny to, to think about it because Randy touched on it perfectly when he talked about selling. How many times have we said on this show, one of the things that hurts the kayfabe and believability of the business is when you watch a match and you see somebody kick out of, you know, uh, a, a double, I don't know, like I would say, a powerbomb through two tables from the second rope, and that's not the finish. You know, um, moves like the DDT and the and the leg drop, or, you know, they used to be the finishers nobody kicked out of. You'll see 20 DDTs in, the, in one mm-hmm. match, including on the apron and the floor and, you know, top rope moves and all this stuff. And 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 you can't sell, even if you're a good seller, you can't sell a believable match if five minutes, you know, two minutes into the match, I'm already, I already know everything I'm seeing is bullshit because you
2: should be dead. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> but you mentioned Ricky Morton. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have mixed feelings on Ricky Morton. No heat or nothing. Okay. I don't know the mm-hmm. man, never met him. I'm just going by through the years watching him in, in little territories in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky Morton to me. He was quick. He was ahead of his time a little bit. I mean, he was fast, okay? Robert yeah. was a little more laid back in that. Ricky was quick. He was fast. He's like a hamster on crack, you know? He was all <laughs> yeah. over the place, okay? Yeah. Sometimes his promos... You're were... not
1: far off, by the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> his promos sometimes were so, so intense that they were unbelievable. Yeah. You, you know, and, and a little bit. Um, I get this. I get the same feeling now from Cody Rhodes. Okay, to me, Cody Rhodes is and always will be a, a mid-card talent, upper mid-card at best. Okay, yeah. if it wasn't for his connections with Khan, he never would have done what he does. And the same with the Bucks. You know, the Bucks are trying to be the new Rock and Roll Express or the new Rockers or or never fantastic so whatever, It's never going to happen. You're right. You got a couple of 80 pound kids, 180 pound kids doing 20, 12 monkey spots. Like Dan said, you know, yeah. everybody's kicking out of everything in that. So, but anyway, Ricky was kind of that way. Yes, he worked. Ricky can still go to this very day. Ricky can go, you know, he's got that same personality and everything, but back in the, in the working days, man, he could move. He was ahead yeah. of his time. Um and that's but I I, I never could really get invested. Unrelated side
1: absolutely right. And but the difference is now, Randy, and and I'm I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it. The difference is now he has to work. He (sighs) has to. You understand? I do. Okay. The the problem is as I I mentioned it earlier, and and then you can have it, Dan. Because uh, I want to explore this question: What can we learn from the the young bucks? They're never they're never going to be the next Rock and Roll Express. They're never going to be the next Midnight Express. They're never going to be the next anything. They're lucky that they are the current young bucks, and that's maybe all they're ever going to be relegated to. Where are? The next batch of superstars, Dan. You're a young guy. You got your finger on the pulse. You follow this stuff. I'll be honest with you. I don't follow it. I I, I don't follow the the business anymore.
0: Yeah, y- y- which you have to look at is an and unrelated side note to the previous conversation 40 years in the business and warren says the prettiest mullet in wrestling period but um exactly the the, you you talked about the young bucks what what kills me with the young bucks and and i mean stop me if i'm wrong here you watch them wrestle they're not wrestling that's not a match that's two kids who were self-taught pretending to be wrestlers you can tell it's the same thing with Kenny Omega it's the same thing with some of those guys in in oh, AEW you one. watch them and they are blatantly obvious they're amateurs they're green but they play like they know everything and it's it's not a re- it's not wrestlers it's two kids in their backyard pretending to be wrestlers you talked about what we can learn from them unfortunately what you can learn from the Young Bucks is what wrestling can have a ceiling nobody nobody not currently watching the Product is going to look at a Young Bucks match and go, I need to go watch wrestling right now. Dan, so,
1: is it a lesson in what not to do?
0: It, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a yeah. lesson in overall marketability. You know, f- people in in the '80s flipping through the channels would see the Rock and Roll Express and stop and go, Hey, this is pretty nice. You know, same thing exactly. with with your with your you know Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat. Um, you know Bruno, but in, in the earlier times with your Brunos and your Lutheses, you know these were guys that 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 non fans heard of or watched and went, "I'm a wrestling fan now." Nobody that is not a wrestling fan is going to watch a Young Bucks match and become a wrestling fan. That's plain and simple.
1: And Randy, why? Why is that? answer that question for Dan? Why? Why were guys like Thez and Bruno and Pedro and Superstar, you know, and and Dusty? And Harley, why were these guys at that pinnacle? In my,
2: opinion, in my opinion, they were allowed to be themselves. Thank you. That, it was that simple. Dusty Rhodes, nobody taught him how to do a promo or flair. You know, I mean, Flair got a pickup from Gorgeous George and all that. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he took certain things, but it was Flair. Nobody taught these guys nothing. Nobody taught Dick the Bruiser to put a cigar in his mouth and be this big old gruff guy, you know, who was right. a busted up football player uh, and and it just nobody because Bobo Brazil, who was big, uh, he was bl- black at the time, mm-hmm. which was a rarity also. Um, I remember him and Sailor R. Thomas together.
1: Both oh, my God. Big, sure. Good
2: muscle up. But that started it, okay? It broke that glass ceiling a little bit. They were allowed to be themselves, you know?
1: Thank you. These other guys, like you
2: said, Dan, they're all taught the same way, the same cookie cutter. I think it comes from Vince all down, and they come out. The Young Bucks, to me, now another one, which I'll get heat for, I could never get invested in the Hardee's. To me, oh, the young bucks man. are just oh. like the Hardys. Okay, they're both backyard guys that somehow now Jeff tries some kind of a gimmick, but his personal life has totally overshadowed that. Yeah. Matt has no charisma Gee. on the mic in Not, any of the gimmicks he tries. Oh, but so I I see. And, and you're
1: absolutely there. right. You're, you are absolutely right. And Dan, uh, unless I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this at you, and uh, you know it's one of the things that you like to say all the time. Is that, and I'm glad Randy opened up the segue that these guys are not allowed to be themselves. But you always say, and it's, it's pointing out the obvious because you are the smartest man in the room, uh, okay. that a great wrestler is himself amped up to 11. Yep. Okay. Expound upon that young squire And tell everybody Why Why being yourself Is an extension In some cases And in other cases The essence of your character Bruno it, For example
0: Now you, Was you have...
1: a big You know not tall But he was a big muscle right. bound Like Nikita Brezhnikov Likes to call him a gorilla yeah. You know no
0: you're you're absolutely right that the two the two things that work there is the believability and the relatability if if you are yourself it is easy and natural to play yourself even the most uncharismatic person goes out there and be and, and is themselves and that <clears> promo <throat> is believable that match is believable because i know what i'm watching if you go out there and you know you you like let's say wcw told randy you're gonna be a uh a Scottish dancer, you know, it, it, it wouldn't no offense. It wouldn't have worked because that's not, that's not you, you know, um, same thing with look at, uh, you talk to, you talk about Bruno, you, you look at some of the names of, of the modern era, like a Steve Austin, who until he became Steve Austin didn't yeah. succeed to the level that he could have. um, you know, you exactly. you have you have that believability, and you have to have that relatability. If I watch you and I know you're real, win, lose or draw, Dusty Rhodes, you know Ricky Steamboat, the the Rock and Roll Express. These guys are who they are, day in day out. Same thing with the Four Horsemen. I knew that you were getting the real people. And win, lose, or draw, you can relate to that. If I watch it and I see the young bucks, I see Kenny Omega wrestling a blow-up doll, or the you know having these. The, you, you see matches where literally one of the opponents is is invisible, and everyone pretends there's a fourth person in the ring. It's it's yeah. obviously fake. It's obviously stupid. Oh. And and there's nothing to relate or 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 get to. And that casual fan that. And, uh, Angela, you mentioned it a couple shows ago. That eighty year old woman that's at every every Memphis show. know, she's yeah. never going to go to a match if she, if at no point can she relate to anything she's saying.
1: Well, sure, you know, Randy. That's one of the things we talked about uh, on a previous show. Uh, there were fans who became celebrities. Remember oh, yeah. John the Hat guy from ECW. The had, guy. Uh, uh, Mrs. Kitchener that used to sit front and center at every Madison square garden show, this little blue hair old lady in Memphis that had the same seat every week at the mid South Coliseum, you know, these, you know, Dan, you know, talk about that a little bit. And I'm going to throw the, uh, the phone lines open. And uh, so you guys are out there. You want to call in, give a holler, um, so, but yeah, there were, I mean, uh, and the, the most famous in this area, of course, if you're from the Northeast is, you know, the ECW hat guy, John, the hat guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Or oh, even a guy like Joel Gertner, you know, who, whose gimmick was that collar that, you know, broken neck collar that he used to wear at ECW. He started out as a fan. <laughs> he used to take Paul Heyman home at night, you know, to drive him to New York. That's right. how they became friends. WWF had that uh, sign guy, didn't they? He was at every show, every TV taping in it the front that- holding up signs. Yeah. And he looked like Howard Stern. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did look you know like he, Howard Stern.
2: We're, we're talking about the personalities and all that. I think the difference also in the older guys was they actually lived the gimmick. If you saw you a bad guy what, in lady? an airport, a little... You know, unfortunately, if a little kid in a wheelchair went up for an autograph, they'd say, get away from your kid. They're living well, the gimmick, even though it broke that. their heart to do it.
1: Uh, and you know what, Randy? I'm glad you said that, because actually, Dan, did I or did I not mention? It's exactly yep. what I said. Chris Jericho used to say, get away from me, kid. And then you know, even though it broke his heart when he got home, that he knew that was his character. But Randy, let me throw a question to you, and I want you and Dan to have this discussion. Because if I get started on this subject, I'll never shut up. Um, You got guys here in this country who can't make it working, so they go to Japan. They fly themselves to Japan. They make some connections and they get work in Japan. They make a shit ton of money and they become stars over in Japan. Like the Young Bucks, like uh, Kenny Omega. I even shudder to say his name. I just, Dan will tell you, I don't like this guy. I don't like him. I just don't ask me why. I just don't like this kid. Um, you know, the, do we place too much emphasis, Randy? on the Japanese wrestling product as a, a step product back here? Or does it have no place in, you know, in American wrestling? Well, it, it's really
2: apples and oranges. If you look at the Mexican style, it's totally different than the American style. Yeah. And you look at the Japanese style, okay, which is much faster, much stiffer. Uh, th- they're all different. Not a lot yeah. of guys can make the transition. I think the ones that are big in Japan, um, if they're American guys, then go over, like you said, make it big in Japan and come back here and bring that knowledge and can conform to the American style. Guys like, uh, uh, like Vader, like Stan Hansen, guys who are huge over there, even Hogan, you know. Mm -hmm. that can come over here, that can take some of that, that works.
1: Um, Can I I interrupt you for just a second? But here's the thing, though. That's a really, really key point uh, that I want you to, um, and I don't want it to be lost. You mentioned Stan Hansen, Hogan, even to some extent Bruiser Brody, Mm -hmm. guys like that who spent a lot of time in Japan. They came back here, but they did something, Randy, that was unique. They integrated the U.S. style and the Japanese style. A guy like Kenny Omega is not integrating the styles. He's wrestling that Japanese strong style here, and it doesn't look right. It looks out of place. Because you American guys don't know what to do with it. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for it. Go ahead, Dan. Now,
0: Randy, hit it right on the head. Some of the – you see it in AEW and it's one of the biggest criticisms they've gotten since they started is these guys don't – they can't work – some of them can't or don't work together because you have – Kenny, you know you have your Kenny Omega doing the Japanese style. You have your Young Bucks doing the amateur, whatever. You've got guys that are green. You've got guys. What we've talked about before, Angelo, the the wrestling school. You know, first week in wrestling school, they've got their finisher and won a title. You've got these guys that are a month out of the business being. And put in that's the ring why
1: with- I so wanted Doc Diamond to be here tonight. Oh my God, you- that's and you just you went right there, Dan. Because I'm good like that because I'm a psychic like that. Mm. Okay. You know, part
2: of the problem with, with uh, I'm, I'm with you, Angelo, as far as Kenny Omega. But here's, I think yeah, the problem, really, is, the I problem like, is, I just don't like him. But the problem is, he was big for whatever the reason in Japan. Media Huge. grabbed on that. So Huge. I didn't know who Kenny Omega was. I'd never seen him until over here. And I'm saying, wow, this guy, you know, is is, is big all over the world. He is. Yeah. Over world. I can't wait. And now I look at him and I don't see nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, they made this big to do over it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. He's He is a me- star. He walks down this, the streets of Japan like Elvis. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, he's like the Elvis of Japan, this guy, but I don't see it. And I saw and I thought to myself, what are what they? What are they making... St- this is the guy they call the Omega Man? Like, what? what is... What am I missing here? I think, like, just like the I'm industry... I'm not seeing it. <laughs> no, the thing not.
2: is, I think I, all the associations... Vince and everybody is so hungry... For a major breakout star, another Flair, another Hogan, another somebody, and there's nobody on the horizon doing it. So now, and it'll never Omega happen. Another man from another country going to come over here and going to take the world on fire, and he comes over here and he can't even get his fuse lit. That's the problem. But
1: here's the problem, and Dan, and you just follow me on this because you and I talked about this. Here's the problem: we, we did a whole show, Randy, a whole show. I kid you not. On exactly this topic. And here's where we're going. You got a company. That is so. Renowned for wrestling. That they overshadow now. Every individual who works for them. Hulk Hogan was a wrestler. You knew that. It didn't matter who he wrestled for. You knew he was a wrestler. Bruno was a wrestler. The Ultimate Warrior was a wrestler. You knew that. Randy Macho Man Savage. Mm -hmm. If you knew that they were wrestlers, you probably knew who they worked for. Because the WWF at the time was synonymous with wrestling. Now it's not even wrestling. It's entertainment. And they're telling you it's entertainment. Yeah, Vince McMahon doesn't even like the word wrestling. In fact, and this is a shoot because you guys don't know, and I'm going to tell you, it, we are this close or were this close to, to seeing every, work, every week, World Sports Entertainment, WSE. I'm not even kidding you. Mm -hmm. It almost became WSE, World Sports Entertainment. That close. And finally, good reason and common sense won out. So at least they're still hanging on by the thread, Dan, but wrestling is still in.
2: Well, I think Vince doesn't like the word wrestling because wrestling is a real sport and he's touting it as being entertainment. And, it and, can't and, be a sport, yeah. it can't be entertainment. And, yeah. It's not even, it be an entertaining sport, but either or, yeah. and for and financial that's purposes, it. be entertainment. And
1: that's where Dan's going to pick up, because here was the problem, and we talked about this. That company and its leadership does not want, they do not want any single individual to overshadow the company. The company is the star. You Randy, you're a perfect example. You are a perfect example. You represent a guy who was the star. Okay? Sure. People knew Hulk Hogan. You didn't even have to know his name. You hit face recognition. You knew who he was. He was different looking. You know, the mustache, sunglasses, the bandana, the big white stash, you know. All jacked up and stuff like you are. There you go. <laughs> you know I what's can't. funny, though? Dan, you know what's really funny? Randy looks more like Hulk without the glasses. Yeah. It's true. I've you heard look that. More like Terry without the glasses. True. Go ahead, so Dan. They both
2: have fat noses.
1: <laughs> you, you yeah, see, but his and is busted you, a dozen
2: times. <laughs> but I'm still prettier. There you
0: go. <laughs> you you hit. Yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, you hit it out of the park with that one, Angelo. The problem is, you look at the at the get the idea of like sports and entertainment and wrestling. What Vince looked at and. and- I think a great example for this is the UFC. When the UFC took off, yes, you had Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn. But realistically, the average person buying the UFC pay-per-view was buying the name UFC. They weren't buying the fighter. Whereas with boxing, you were buying the pay-per-view to see Mike Tyson, to see Holyfield, to see Sugar Ray Leonard, to see whoever. Boxing, uh, you sold the star. UFC sold the name. Well, when UFC took over, interesting, that's a it, you,
1: really interesting point.
0: Go ahead. UFC became the bigger brand boxing kind of faded because it lost some of its star power. You didn't have your Mike Tysons and your Holy Fields and George Foreman. And you didn't have those names that would bring in. I mean, granted, you, you a couple, but not across the marquee. Vince saw that. And it's it's funny. It's, it's a double bladed sword because on one hand, what Randy said earlier is they're not building any stars for the future in a way they don't want to like right now, the story broke this week after Randy Orton won the heavyweight title uh, last at the pay-per-view over the weekend, that, that the, the main event at WrestleMania is going to be Randy Orton against edge. You're going to have two guys that are both in their, what, early fifties, late forties, early fifties. You know, mm-hmm. that's your, that's your main event at WrestleMania because you don't have anybody under the age of 35 that you can put yeah. in that spot. And, and you don't well, I mean, want to, you
1: know, he's a uh, uh, Dan uh, uh, edge has to be fifty-two, fifty-three, easy.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, Randy's
1: at... got to be 47, 48, right? At, at least right. I mean, they're well, not kids. So to go back to, to Randy Hogan's point, where are the young breakouts? Well, that's if the you're thing. promoting is... guys for WrestleMania, that are like 50 years old see and, and that's that's the thing is is goes
0: to what randy uh what randy was talking about earlier with vince having too much pull too many strings vince loses interest they they bring in a young talent and they want to push him and in you know they they start to build up the character brock lesnar is a great example when he was you know the youngest champion ever and they pushed him to the stratosphere you know you you after Brock Lesnar burned Vince McMahon, he has never pushed a young talent like that ever again. And when they do start to maybe build up around a new character or a younger guy, you talk about the fiend is a great example. Ratings don't immediately go up. That push is pulled. Let's, let's bring the undertaker back. Let's have Randy Orton against edge, you know, uh Ric Flair cameo. he, he, he never allows time for the talent to build because he gives up on them too quickly. He's, Unfortunately, and I know this is going to sound cruel, he's got the attention span of an 80 year old man. So, you know, he can't focus on a long term story the way they used to. And you can't build talent up over the course of a week. You, you can't take somebody like the fiend, introduce them, build them up and they lose their first pay-per-view feud because your ratings didn't go up. Well, you never gave the fans a chance to get around anything.
1: Well, you know, the Dan- problem is, and, 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 and I'm sorry, Randy, but I'm, gonna, I'm throwing it right back to you. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something I hope that you'll pick up on. There was a time in wrestling when an angle or a storyline, at minimum, and Randy will tell you, at minimum, a storyline or angle took at least four months to develop. It was nothing for an angle or few to go a year, True, two yep. years. In the case of Bruno and Larry Zabisco, nearly three-year program. You have a photo behind you, Ivan Koloff and Bruno. By the way, thank you for putting them next to each other. Just like you said, move them yep. around for you. And because these two guys... Their program lasted two and a half years. People don't right. get that. It wasn't just that, that Ivan beat Bruno for the title at the Garden, but they continued that storyline in between other storylines. They, they stretched it out. Randy, go for it. Well, and that was Bruno, and Bruno was
2: Bruno. Just like in the South here, we had that same long uh, feud between uh, Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Exactly. The same thing lasted at the same time over and over. But my question was going to be, Dan, at what point do you think um, that things really changed, I guess, in Vince's mind? You know, at one time, and let's take The Undertaker, there was a gimmick that he believed in. He, They pushed and he let him run with it, okay? There's been other ones that have come that I thought were pretty good, like The Boogeyman. I love The Boogeyman. Right. Yeah. They just fizzled. Okay. But now, like you said, everything is so programmed, so cookie cutter that they're not developing Undertakers anymore. Right. Why do you think that stopped? I, Why did that I, stop?
0: It, it, personally, as a fan and as somebody who's looked back on it in, in the articles I've written through the years, you can, it, with the WWE, the WF, you can put your finger on the moment. And, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm blaming one person, but. When when Triple H became the main event heel, that's when the beginning of the end started because you you began to realize okay what I'm watching is not the Attitude Era. This isn't Rock Austin. This isn't you know Austin Shawn Michaels early DX. You 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 bring Triple H in. You push him. You know he he's he's just he's on TV three four segments a show. And more importantly than that. Everybody who was built up, Kane, Jericho, Scott Steiner, Test, uh, you know, Rob Van Dam, any yeah. of these guys you bring in, every even Goldberg, every single one of them lost the feud.
1: Fans you know what happened, get- You know What's what happening? happened? And here's what happened. And Randy, this is as simple as it's going to get. It became the McMahon family show.
0: Exactly. Mm, there That's what happened. And- and you had you, the in biggest thing shell,
1: is it became the McMahon family show. Triple H was the golden goose. They put him over at uh, to nauseam. How yeah. did, would it have killed anybody then? Would it have killed anyone to put sting over in his one and only WrestleMania match? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, the shit on the guy
0: sting losing that match made absolutely no sense in the storyline. Because it literally became one last, WWF was better than WCW, ha-ha look.
2: Yes, you know? you're right. If that's and what happened. Was. That, that even happened to Randy Hogan. I mean, really. On WCW, well, why me. do you think I could keep the Hogan gimmick going? Oh,
1: yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, know, know, t- you know what, Randy? That's a good point. Tell everybody that story.
2: Well, the story is most everybody else up there was either a one-off the, the jobbers go or enhancement, wherever we want to call us. Yeah. Um, but I was one of the few that never had to change my name. Exactly. Now, why did I not have, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the, the, the red and yellow. I didn't have that Hogan gimmick going on. I had the Randy Hogan name that was given to me going on. Yeah. I always had the mustache long before I started wrestling and everything else. I yeah. just looked like this other guy. Okay. So as the wars are going on, I believe, and I heard that WCW says, well, you know, they got Hogan, so we're going to show how superior we are. We're going to show you what we can do to a Hogan. So that's why it was Mm -hmm. good for me because I was on TV every week and And, I was making some some change, you know. That was good. And and it it
0: wasn't just, it wasn't, and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, Randy, watching your matches when I was a kid, it wasn't just losing it was vader with four vader bombs it was Sting, demolished. and and yeah you you yeah. you got demolished they went out of their way to yeah. to, to beat you up every week yeah. not just what the they Athens.
1: hate him so shut up
2: <laughs> pin me pay me baby pin right? me. pay me. Paying pin exactly- for- i i'm proud of it all but again that's just a classic example you know and it's funny now when when they need a boost when the fed needs a boost for something they're not bringing any new talents in. That, like you said, they're not developing. They bring back the taker. They bring back King. They'll bring back uh, HBK or or Ric Flair for oh, some. Sure. They're they bringing the old names Yes,
1: they bring all of these guys back that are now in their fifties and sixties, and, and you if know, and, and still that case.
2: popular. Yeah, if they're still that popular, why don't they learn by that and treat somebody else who can be around for twenty years?
1: Because really if they're as smart as Dan that. the Man Sebastiano, and and they are as in tune and keen to the history of the business as Dan the Man, and they should. By the way, I'm I'm uh, touting Dan the Man for a permanent position on the board of directors of WWE. So if anyone is listening to this show from the from the Fed, I got a guy here that will single handedly, if given the opportunity. Turn that company around within a week's time, <laughs> Dan, the man, Sebastiano. He's the smartest man in the room. He is a historian par excellence, unlike anyone. Go ahead, Dan. You tell them how great you are. I mean, you
0: you give me complete complete veto power and control at say SummerSlam, and I'd have you a four rating by WrestleMania.
1: You there watch. you go. There Damn, you go. I like
2: that, Angelo. You I like be his this assistant. Guy. You could be his assistant, and you could bring in uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jimmy Cornette or something well, for humor. I mean, and... I was
0: about to say, if if we're going to have uh, Angela, I guess we need to bring uh, WWF Radio back. Or what was it well, called? Radio WWF? And
1: I'll, I'll call my buddy Vince Russo. We, uh, <laughs> yes.
0: did, do did they still have the 900 number phone lines? We need somebody to man the WWF phone line.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Now, Randy, were you there when me and Gene had the phone line? Uh
2: I was not there then, no. But I do remember the phone line.
1: But now, see, just as something as quirky as... You're laughing, but you know where I'm going with this. Oh, no, absolutely. As something as quirky as the 900 phone line, I will bet you dollars to donuts with... If you give that 900 number out... You don't even have to tell anybody what it is. Just flash that number on the bottom of the screen. Just do that. Guess what? You're going to light the boards up. Yep. You're going to make a shit ton of money and you won't have to advertise it because the fans will do it for you. I promise you. (laughs) Uh, Yep. They'll do it for you.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. That's a perfect uh, point there. Angelo is word of mouth. You know, you Randy talked about social media kind of being the, the downfall. That's another one is when, when I was a kid or when you guys were younger and you watch, you know, you go watch Bruno and you go watch these matches. What is the first thing you do? You're at the water cooler the next day. Oh, my God. I was at the garden. I saw yeah. this, that and the other. Talking now, about it. I I watch a pay-per-view or I watch a wrestling show. And the first thing I'm writing is how terrible it was. And I can't believe anybody still watches this crap. And even the fans, the few people who still tune in know what they're watching is garbage, but they're tuning in for one reason or another. That, I'm
1: going to prove your point to you, Dan, the man, I am going to prove your point to you by saying this simple question. I'm going to ask you one simple question that'll prove your point. When was the last time on this show that you and I actually discussed a wrestling match? Uh, April, maybe, I,
0: I you know, um, <laughs> I, maybe, I, oh,
1: yeah, uh, you just answered my <laughs> question.
0: Yeah, the, the, um, I'm trying to think, didn't I ask, uh, um, uh, didn't I ask Cowboy about his tag match with the midgets? Wasn't that a, that was... But that's not really talking about the yeah, match. That was a match the that happened
1: 35 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. No,
0: we I, I, honestly, since I since I took over after Jeff passed, I don't think we've talked about a modern match in a in a form of analysis. Everything we've done exactly. has been. Did you see this crap? Did you hear about this? This crap?
1: Did you hear about that's this exact, angle? That's my point. You just yeah. answered my question. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Never. That Randy, that's that's the point I'm trying to make him. That we have literally, we have literally not discussed a single modern wrestling match since Dan, the man has joined the show
2: because there's nothing memorable anymore. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yep. It's It's a, it's a thing, but nothing memorable.
1: I want to throw the phone lines open. So if, uh, anyone's out there wants to call in and, uh, Maybe we can get my friend Alan Taylor to call in. Alan, if you're watching this or you're listening, call in. Because you got some opinions on this shit. I know that. But anyway, if we're waiting for someone to call in, let's talk about where we go. Uh, Randy, you've seen, just because of of your age, and because you're slightly older than I am, but you've been around a little longer than I, and you've seen this evolutionary process, you know, like this roller coaster, take dips, you know, and spike up and take dips again. Um, and it always ends up evening out at some point. This feels different, though, Randy. It feels different. It doesn't feel like that ebb and flow. It feels like it's a roller coaster on the down, and it's just it's going down. I don't see anything on the upswing here. Because it just really seems bad. Well, you know,
2: it seemed like at first NWA was coming back. The NWA power and all that with Nick Aldis and people. And they were going to go more old school style, more mm-hmm. studio wrestling style. Yeah. That fizzled. AEW come in. though. we're going to go back. We're going to get back to wrestling again and that. Yeah. That fizzled. Yeah. I I believe that your, your fans, whether they be new fans, old fans, whatever, they want to believe again. They want to be so bad. They want to be invested. That's why they still look at this crap. Myself included. Just waiting for that one moment, that one person that's going to show up and say, wow, I Mm -hmm. like this. I can't wait to see what happens next week. Right. It don't happen.
1: You just said something so important. AEW. I had such hopes for AEW NWA Power, I had such hopes for NWA Power. But AEW particularly, what they did, and I wish to God they didn't do it, and I I hope they don't do it. I hope they don't do it, but they did it. Here's what they did. They tried to compete with WWE. That was the biggest, pardon my language, guys, the biggest fucking mistake they could have made. Because oh, right. what they did was they uttered, they ushered in their death knell. Right. Don't compete with NXT. Don't compete with Vince. Just go on the air. You bought your TV time. You own it. Do your show on your terms. Don't right. worry about what they're doing at, at the Performance Center in Florida. Who cares? Who cares? Well, that's but who's setting like- the direction? Who's setting the direction at
2: AEW? Look at the talent they got there. Cody being the youngest, okay, but you got Dustin there. You got Tully Blanchard. You got Arn Anderson. These guys should be able to bring that old flair storytelling back. But either they're not listening to him or... Who has, this, who has the control I'm gonna, over the direction? I'm going to
1: tell you what it is, Randy. And when I say it, you'll understand. It's the wrestling mentality. It's that need to be, and you know this, it's that need to be better than the next guy. Instead of just going out there and performing the best way you... I'll use music. Okay, you're a musician. I'll use music. For example, you're the opening act for ZZ Top, okay? You go out there. Nobody knows who you are. You're doing your set. You're doing your show. You're on the same card as a big band, but you're performing your music the way you do it, right? Yep. That crowd that you're performing for, they didn't come there to see you, but because you're there, You've got the chance to win them over. You've got the chance to make new fans now. AEW was in that position, and they blew it by trying to compete. If you're on stage opening up for ZZ Top, the last thing you want to do is play ZZ Top. Mm -hmm. Okay, you understand my point? There you go. Go ahead, Dan. Well, what
0: what killed AEW's mantra there was they when they came out uh, both both the Rhodes brothers and 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 Khan and everybody they said it's going to be sports based wrestling it's going to be old school it's we're it's going to be real we're when when losses are going to matter we're going to keep stats it's going to yeah. be you know just like you expected and and just last week. They had mm-hmm. a, a musical number. You had uh, a, a <laughs> match. Uh, and no bullshit, like a legit yeah, song and dance Broadway yeah. show number as part of their storyline. You have characters that are just off from what you're going for. You know, you have stupid gimmicks. You've got the the Dark Order. You've got this this stuff that just doesn't make sense. You say you want to yeah. be sports based wrestling, and you come out and you're either WWE light or you're a glorified indie show. Yeah, because what you have is you have Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Jericho. These guys are not just talent; they're 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 on contract VPs yeah. of the company. So
1: the and people that want to do all
0: this crap are the ones running the show.
1: And that's that's the point I was trying to make with Randy earlier, talking about you know what are we learning from them? The point you just said it: we're not learning anything. Here's right. the thing, though. Here's the biggest thing, and, I don't, and Randy, I want to throw this over to you. You know, Dan just, you know, he spouted all of these things that AEW told us that they were going to do. Wins and losses going to, you know, wins and losses matter. Uh, they're they're going to keep stats. They're going uh, to, oh, the one, the one thing that they started to do, Dan and Randy, they used to do the after match scrum, right. Okay, that's gone now. That gave it a sports feel. It gave it a legit sports feel. The after show scrum, like, you know, Tony Khan, the old coach. Yeah. You know, coming out with the tie down and, you know, here's one for the, here's one for the team boys, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it. It had a legit that's the point I'm trying to make. It had a legitimacy to it now, like Dan just pointed out, you know song and dance numbers, what the hell I mean come on, randy smarten a e w up what are they from the voice of experience you've been around, tell these young punks what they need to do smarten Celebrate. them up why you know
2: if if it's as simple as if they would go back to when they were starting and the things that they promised us. Wrestling-based, uh, um, legitimate, you know, studio-style type thing. No, not many gimmicks or goofy storylines or no yeah. Vince stuff going on. Bottom line is they lied to us, just like Vince lies to us. Yeah, so why fact. are they any better than Vince? Now they're on the same level as Vince. Vince has got more money that he's going to put into it. You know, yeah. Khan's got a bunch of bucks, but eventually he's going to say, just like Ted Turner, you know, I put enough into this. I think it's maybe time to uh, wind
1: it down. And that same well, thing, that Vince is you know, do again. That's a real good point, Randy. Let me ask you a question, um, because really, for all intents and purposes, although Tony Khan is a you know a young you know, successful businessman uh, and has a considerable wealth load himself, the guy that really is financing this is his father, Shahid Khan, who is like one of the, I think, third or fourth wealthiest man in the world. Uh, if I'm right, Dan, am I right about that? He's. What, what, I'm
0: not sure. I know he's up there, but I don't know how high specifically.
1: I know he's one of the like the one of the richest men in the world, like legit. So like money is no problem for this guy. Right. But yeah, but the question is, and maybe you could both answer it, is like at what point do you say I'm gonna cut my losses now? Exactly. Like how much how much money do you throw good after bad, you know? He, he didn't get all that money by making bad decisions.
2: Right. right. And if he figures out that the millions that he's put into this already down the road is a bad decision, he's going to cut his losses. Or I would imagine that he's smart enough to do that you could
0: end up with the same situation WCW was in once uh, Turner knew he was losing money, but he was having fun. Once the fun was gone and the businessmen took over, the first thing they did was tell WCW you were done. No TV, no nothing. We're not, we're not going to just throw money at a product because we feel like it. Mm -hmm. At some point, the cons, maybe they decide, I don't know how, how AEW is doing financially, but maybe they decide one thing or the other. I mean, that's, uh, for better or worse, that's one thing McMahon has done well. Is even the lowest ratings his his company has ever had, and they just had their most profitable quarter ever because they're they're they've made they found a way to make money that doesn't require putting on good wrestling matches. But how is
2: that? <laughs> yeah, how is that? And AEW same way. If they don't have any revenue coming in from the stadiums or the $60 pay-per-views like they used to have, you know, once yeah. every couple of months, where's the money coming from? Wait, and they well, got a the, million yeah. dollars in payroll. You know,
0: the, 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 the WWE smart in the sense that the network has a huge archive. They've, they've released streaming numbers in the past that have shown an overwhelming majority of what's watched on the network is prior to 1995. so, Mm. I mean, you have, you, you have that, the network revenue, you've got all your, your ad sharing because between raw SmackDown and NXT, that's seven hours of television, even with low ratings, you're still, you're still making good money selling commercials, you know, and God, anybody that's watched wrestling knows there's enough. Com- freaking well, you commercial know, Dan, that's, a,
1: that's a real good point, Dan, you and I actually, I think, I think it might've been three shows back. Actually talked about the effect um, of advertising revenue on the product. Do advert and and Randy, I want your insight uh, and your opinion on this as well, as well as you, Dan. Do advertisers have? I don't even want to say this. I'll, I'll I'll put it in two parts. Do they have a too much say so over the product, and b do they have too much stake in the product
0: on on both uh, either, fr-
1: either. on either. both
0: fronts yes they have too much control the reason that, that the WWE went PG versus PG-13 is because of the ad money and the other thing is they have stake I mean you watch the program now and it's you know uh the the Sprite, Snickers Eminem, Pennzoil Re- Wrestlemania event instead of just being yeah. you know whatever so yeah. like these companies they say look you know we're gonna give you X number of dollars and we don't, I mean, really, at that point, we don't care if the if the ratings are good. We just need 60 mentions of Pennzoil. So what do you, What happens? You know, you watch a match or you watch a show and it's like, man, he, he just beat him like, a, you know, he's going to want some Sprite after this match. And Sprite, they'll mention the name Sprite 30 times in an hour. Yeah. You know? And, and, and yeah. the, it, it becomes a commercial. The, yes, I think you're right. The, and, and Randy, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the ad, the sponsors have too much control and too much say over the final product. I
2: could not, have, I could not even imagine arguing with the smartest wrestling man on the planet like you, Dan. <laughs> I totally agree with every word you said. I got nothing to add.
1: You see that, Dan? When you let somebody like me put you over... You see that? <laughs> you could be AEW next world champion. He's going to wear the belt. Him and David Arquette. Cult, And, well, I mean, he's the next Vince Russo. God forbid. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: don't,
1: don't put that evil on me. <laughs> well, look, you like Vince. He's a nice guy. He's been here a couple of times. He's coming back, by the way, too. But anyway, here's the thing, though. It's interesting. It really is. Um... Back in the day, and Randy, you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Back in the day, you didn't have the level of sponsors, but you had your local markets that sponsored wrestling shows on television. Um, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Jack's Pancake House down the street. <laughs> okay, or, uh, you know, the local franchise of... Uh, you know, Friendly's Ice Cream or something like that, right?
0: Oh, man, I miss Friendly's.
1: And you had the local market sponsored the local which in turn did what? Brought you local wrestling to your high school, to your civic auditorium, to your uh, VFW hall, or whatever the case may be. Right, right. That's where the revenue was generated. Now... All of that's gone, and they've got this huge corporate money prostituting everything it touches. Yeah. You know? And there's nothing left to invest in, Randy, to use your term, to invest in something. There's nothing to to wrap your head around or throw your heart into. And, And I think Dan is right about that, that there's way too much way, way too much big money influence. I think it has, I'll use the word again, it's prostituted the business. And the only way that wrestling, I think is going to save itself is to go back to a simpler, uh, more, um. how do I want to say this? A more basic approach to wrestling. That just is, a simple, basic approach, like it used to be. Right. Storylines. Good guy versus bad guy. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's the other thing. The
0: basics. You know, I watch a, a, an entire angle, two, three, let's say something that, that actually lasts two, three months. By mm-hmm. the end of it, I can't tell you who the face is. I can't tell you who the heel is. I can't tell you why you're fighting, why mm-hmm. I should care. And without those four things, you have no... No, uh, nothing for the crowd to get invested in.
1: And and as as a way of bringing the conversation back full circle, that's exactly what Randy started the conversation off with. Mm -hmm. He's got nothing to, you know. He's Randy and I are just a few years apart, but we've been wrestling fans since we were this big, you know. Right. Then I'm not much taller than that now. But the (laughs) point, (laughs) but the point is we've been fans a long time of we we saw the evolution of wrestling i'm not happy with the direction it's taken i still and i and Randy I'll throw this over to you to get your insight but i still think that there might be a a window of hope i'm hoping that there's this little this little crack that we could punch through and, and kind of like see daylight again because right now it looks like the the windows are, are closing rapidly on the future of wrestling. What in your opinion, what do we need to do to bust through that proverbial crack in the armor? I don't
2: think with what we have out there right now, I'm not sure mentally the hierarchy has the ability to push through i think it's going to take an outside a fourth force to come in that has been listening to the fans all these years about getting back to what you and i like and we like to think that there's a lot more people out there yeah people that are going to invest in it just to touch back when you talked about the uh uh, the advertising and the money and all this you know it all goes down to greed. Not only on the Fed, but the advertisers, everybody. You got the wrestlers making four, five million just wrestling a year. I heard an interview with uh, with your buddy Ricky Morton just a couple of days ago. Said he never made more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in his life wrestling. Yeah, and he right. said you got guys that are making best that in two weeks now. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so that was his best year.
0: We, we touched greed, on man. that. It's greed. We, we touched on that a couple episodes ago, Angelo. Where you hear, especially the WWE, they were offering contracts upwards of seven hundred fifty thousand guaranteed, just to down, keep somebody downside. in the locker
1: room. Downside, right? Downside guarantees
0: just just to keep somebody in the locker room. You're not going to wrestle. You're not going to win a title. We yeah. we're going to give you seven hundred fifty thousand dollars just to be here, just to yeah. make sure you don't wrestle anywhere else. Yeah,
1: yeah. a a down. Can you imagine that, right. Randy? Could you imagine mm-hmm. being uh, under WCW contract so, for, on a downside of 750? seven hundred
0: no. and fifty? If you give me a downside no. of seven hundred and fifty? I'd wrestle New Jack every day. I mean, you give me a
2: downside of fifty,
0: and I'd wrestle New.
1: Jack. <laughs> 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 ah, damn! But well, yeah, I, that,
2: that, that fourth I, entity is going to have to come in and save us all. They're going to have to be Tony Khan deep pockets. They have lots of money. They're gonna to have to have the yeah, mentality boy. that what is missing, what is new. Not yeah. only do we need a new superstar, but we need a new environment. And somebody's gonna to have to create yeah. that. And the big three
1: right now, I don't see happening. Well, I th- well, you know what? That's a really good that's a really good point. The big three. There are two more, you guys. Two more that we didn't even bring up tonight because Largely, I think the fate of one of them has already been determined, but the other one may show a little promise. And I want to, I want to throw it to my, my co-host, the smartest man in the room, um, MLW, and uh, and don't ask me how they're doing it, but they're still hanging to a thread. Ring of Honor, yeah. Um, these two groups are still out there. They're still. Functioning promotions, but Ring of Honor. I think it's it's pretty well been determined that that they don't have much gas left in the tank.
0: Well, Uh, I think what what saved Ring of Honor was when when they were purchased by Sinclair Broadcasting. That gave them. Let's
1: talk about that. Is that a salvation, or again, like we just talked about, a big company? We know and their deep pockets like think about what Sinclair is Sinclair's a broadcasting company right are they are they really going to invest their heart and soul into a wrestling company or is it just another TV product for them
0: well I mean you, you know you, you look at it's actually funny you mentioned that because Ring of Honor prior to the purchase of Sinclair Broadcasting the main creative voice in Ring of Honor was Jim Cornette and his name came up earlier and yeah. you watched what happened when Sinclair came in and some of the big wigs they brought. He yeah. ended up leaving, and the product kind of shifted away from the old-school territory wrestling to yeah. the indie fed we think of now with the flippy shit and the high spots and, and those guys. And, and don't get me wrong. Ring of Honor has bred some serious talent in the last 10, 15 years.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah. you had, for for as little as I like the guy, you had... Meltzer and PWI given Cornette booker of the year during that time period because of what ring of honor was doing. That was so different. Now it's, it's NXT light NXT and ring of honor are interchangeable. And yeah, that would not have happened without Sinclair, but the money that Sinclair brought in is the only reason
1: they're still around. Don't you uh, think Randy? Tour- but, it, it, I was going to ask you, uh, why don't you take the, uh, the MLW approach, or do they have, do they show any promise of uh, breaking through? Um, uh, groups like uh, MLW, uh, uh, Evolve, uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling—you know, groups like there's there's a lot of a lot of fairly decent-sized indies out there yes. who have television, and a lot unless you're a wrestling fan. You're not watching them, but somebody's watching these guys because they're on TV. Well, I think a lot
2: of it, though, is still, it's not national. Whoever's going to break through has got to have a major network of visibility, appearance I, to them. Yep, okay? I have it. never yeah. seen Evolve or MLW. They're not on TV down here. I've got cable and a couple of little things, you know. Yeah. They're not on any of my channels. I can't see them. So yeah. how are they going to be a force to be reckoned with, you
1: know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that will be
2: a major presence.
1: And that's the problem, Dan. That mm-hmm. almighty television exposure. You know, we heard uh, you know, Jimmy Snooker's wife Carol used to say Jimmy called it the TV Wonderland, brother. You know, yeah. TV Wonderland, brother. And uh, and that's what it was. It was like the people. And this it ties into that because people knew who Jimmy was worldwide. And Jimmy didn't realize that he was being seen all over the world. Yeah. He just knew that he was making a shit ton of money. <laughs> you know, he just thought it was coming from Vince's pocket. He didn't realize it was coming from Vince's television. Right. You know? But, yeah, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, this is, man, that's about a fast hour and a half, boy. <laughs> um, but as we close out this episode, uh, we, this is just the, we've, this conversation is just the, the tip of the iceberg. You guys, I mean, it really is. Right. We could we could have like a, uh, a mini series on this.
2: <laughs> and never,
1: you realize that we haven't discussed the same thing twice tonight, which is remarkable. Um, as we close out this episode, uh, we will be back, um, on uh thursday next thursday we will not be here on tuesday it is election day i encourage everyone to go out and vote i don't care who you vote for write somebody in pull your lever i don't care uh, again i don't care if you vote for the you know uh the dog catcher the mailman or 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 the, or the guy that hangs out at the 7-eleven doesn't make any difference <laughs> to me. Just vote for i'm voting for dan yeah I'm right <laughs> I'm voting for Dan's hats. <laughs> the man of many hats. here he goes there it is i like I love that hat it, oh the color reminds me of an old fashioned twelve year old newsboy on the corner you know with well, the, fix- the 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 the
0: nickname for this style is the newsy is newsy that's what they call this cut of hat.
1: And that always reminded me of that because mm-hmm. it's like the kid on the corner with the like stack of papers yep. in that big overstuffed bag. Yeah. X,
0: extra, extra. The read old, all about it.
1: Read a all about goggles. it. Titanic sank, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we close out, we uh, we want to invite everyone uh, to join us a week from today, and our guest will be Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster uh, himself. My favorite will be here. And, uh, and I've got some surprises that Dan doesn't even know about yet. Cause I haven't gotten to talk to him about it. So we'll save that for our private conversation.
2: Sounds
1: good. In Time. Um, we will continue to wrestle with the future. Uh, be good to everybody, be good to each other. And, uh, you know, and again, you know, say a prayer for our country. Cause we got an election coming up. That God help us all. Uh, that's gonna be crazy. Uh, I know. I will. Uh, I will vote. I'm going to do it. I didn't think I was going to, but I'm going to actually vote this year. Be the first time since Jimmy Carter that I've cast the vote. <laughs> That's true too. I haven't voted since Jimmy Carter. Yeah. So uh, on behalf of Dan the Man, the modest guy in the room, the happy haberdasher, the. Uh, uh, what, what else are you, Dan? You're the, you're the smartest guy in the room. The happy haberdasher. You're the uh, the poor man's um, uh, pen and teller. No.
2: <laughs>
1: I'll
0: take it. Any comparison right. of those two.
1: And for Randy Hogan, the world's foremost Hulk Hogan lookalike. In <laughs> Actually, no. We already established Hulk looks like Randy. So there Thank you go. Thank clarifying that, brother. Yep, exactly. Brother. Boy, you know, brother. But we'll be back uh, one week from today. Take care of everybody. Happy wrestling. We'll see you next time as we wrestle with the future. Bye-bye.